What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly Training Camp Edition. And you never know who's going to show up at Costa Mesa. Here with the great Peter King of NBC Sports. Peter, stop five on your uh, training camp trip. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I remember two years ago, I was right over there, uh, maybe 20 feet from where we're standing now. Uh, spent 15 minutes with uh, uh, with Austin Eckler, this new up and coming dude. Yeah, you know, and then did a recorded a podcast in front of a bunch of fans with Philip Rivers. I remember that. Yeah, you had like a circle of people. If, yeah. if it looked like a college game day setting, you know. Yeah, it was. And what was really cool is that. You know, I I said, you know, you've almost got enough for a football team now. You know, nine kids. That's right. And I said, is it over? He goes, eh, maybe not. You know, but uh, now I really, really love this area. I love this region. I just love coming here. Who doesn't? Look, look at this. There's, it's gorgeous. Hey, listen, there has not been a cloud in the sky for the three days I've been in Orange County. It's, I mean, it's awesome, really. In Vegas, it's probably a little hot. Well, you know, they practice. They're all out there by like 7.15. It's like the day I was there was 84 degrees at the start. And then, you know, by 10.30, it's 100 or 98, I think it was that day. But, you know, if you're going to play in Las Vegas, you better make some accommodations for the weather. No question. So the the Chargers, obviously you got some time to uh, spend with Coach and Justin and Derwin and, and some of the guys here. Your impressions of this team from afar before you got here, a lot of new energy, obviously, with Coach Staley, Justin Herbert, season two, the return of Derwin James, a new stadium, new uniforms. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Chargers fan right now. It's just, you know, the Chargers really are a very interesting chemistry experiment right now because Tom Telesco put it perfectly. He said, you know, I walked into a meeting with all the coaches. You know, I look out and said, oh, my God, I'm the oldest person in this room. And you look at Tom <laughs> Telesco, he still looks like a kid. Yeah, right. You know, he's whatever he is, 48 years old. But, you know, it's a, it, the reason I call it a chemistry experiment is that, you know, you're, you're walking around. I was walking around the building with Brandon Staley, and you can just see – that he's got this little kind of chemistry with the players already, you know, and the way he talks to them, the way he deals with them. And that's going to be so interesting to watch because five years ago, you know, on this day five years ago, he's getting ready for practice to be a Division Three defensive coordinator. And now he's the head coach of an NFL team. That is insane. That's totally insane. It's one thing to say, yeah, young coach, everything like that. Look, Sean McVay was a young coach, but he'd been calling plays in Washington. And, you know, he had been in the NFL for whatever it was, 10 years. Uh, But look, communication is communication. Education is education. And Brandon Staley is going to succeed or fail on his own ideas and his own mode of motivating players. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And like you said, it's just going to be a different world. The one thing I'm really curious about, the Chargers have an incredible home schedule. I mean, 
you want to buy season tickets, uh, this is the year to get your season tickets. And not only because Justin Herbert's the quarterback, but because when you think about it, I mean, you're going to see some of the great, some of the really great opponents. But I, I only raise this because I think another part of the interesting experiment with this team, with this franchise, is that, I mean, think about it. Do you have any idea, really? Does anybody have any idea? If you have a crowd of 50,000 at SoFi or 60,000, whatever, what percentage is going to be pro charger? What percentage is going to be pro visiting team? Because you get like the Cowboys are coming, right? And so that's another thing. There's so many interesting things about their season, football and otherwise. And their season starts on the road in Washington. And talk about this new look offensive line quite the test with maybe the best defensive line in football. You got the offensive rookie of the year versus the defensive rookie of the year, all led by Coach Staley. And you brought up a really interesting point. Just five years ago, he was not in the league, but he'd tell you John Carroll, James Madison, those types of stops, that got him prepared for this. He said John Carroll is, is like an NFL See, I think, I think I think one of the reasons – that not necessarily that it might have been better to be at John Carroll than it would have been to be at Michigan or, you know, Auburn or something like that. One of the reasons is I think he was able to establish himself and everything he wanted to do as a coach. He didn't have to fit in, you know, in some monstrous uh, football factory, okay? He could basically say... Everything about this defense is up to me. Everything. And he said football is football. And, you know, we'll see. I, you know, nobody knows how this is going to go because a lot of people said, oh, my God, Brandon Staley's so young. He hasn't done it that long. But I'll tell you, as somebody who covers this, I remember when he told the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not coming. I'm getting the job with the Chargers tell you the Eagles were downcast Wow! and they wanted they they didn't know they were going to hire him they wanted a shot at him because you know they the Eagles didn't have a guy you know I applaud by the way not that this is anything to do but I applaud the way that the Eagles do their searches because they say we're starting at ground zero we want to know everything about everybody. So their interview processes are like seven to ten hours long. And I think I remember talking to, to Brandon after he got the job and he said, you know, think about this. Saturday, I'm coaching the Rams in Green Bay and we lose a tough playoff game. And, you know, you're spending time with Aaron Rodgers on the field. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, geez, I might get a job. I, I may never see a lot of these guys again. Flies home, I don't know, gets two or three hours sleep, gets up, interviews with the Houston Texans uh, at 8.30 in the morning, then gets in a car and goes down to interview with the Chargers. And I think deep down, one of the reasons he really wanted this job is that I don't think he could bear the thought of thinking, I, I, I just... I'm, I'm on empty right now. I mean, I can't go interview for seven to 10 hours, get on a 6 a.m. plane, and I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do it. And I, I and, and, but he was going to do it. But that's one of the reasons why I think he loved getting this offer so he didn't have to go and 
do mental and physical exhaustion in the wake of, you know, uh, you know, having just coached a game on Saturday halfway across the country. Now it's just a quick trip down to 405, and then you, you look at the situation he's placed into. Um, it's a great situation. Justin Herbert. Oh, my God. He, you know, Coach Staley was a quarterback. You could have Justin Herbert and an expansion team. And, be just fine. And, and, and almost any coach would say, I'll sign up for that. Yeah. He doesn't have an expansion team. He's got an excellent running back in Austin Eckler. He's got a premier pass rusher in Bosa. He's got a great ball hawking sideline to sideline, uh, you know, field changer in Derwin J. I mean, look, hey, and I'll tell you this, in my opinion, I think the guy who nobody is talking about with this team is the tight end. Because I just Jared feel, Cook. yes, yeah, I feel like Jared Cook wasn't really used to his ultimate uh, advantage and in the way that he should have been used in New Orleans. Because, and look, far be it from me, I mean, Sean Payton's a genius. But I'm just saying, Jared Cook will be better this year in this offense than he was last year with Drew Brees. Not no criticism of Brees, no criticism of Peyton. That's just the way it went. I think he's. I think every camp I go to, I do an X Factor player. He's my X Factor player for this team because, in my opinion, I won't be surprised to see him catch sixty balls with eight touchdowns and really have an impact on this offense. Over the last three years, among tight ends, only Travis Kelsey has more touchdowns than Jared Cook. It yeah. shows you just how he's able to get into the end. He's a veteran. It's a nice mix of guys, Peter. We talk about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler and Cook. But, you know, a year ago, Justin was throwing to Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton and Donald Parham and K.J. Hill. And you see these guys in year two. Justin has built a rapport and a relationship yeah. with some of the guys that – aren't necessarily household names that's been fun to see and then this rookie class with with joshua palmer coming in from tennessee uh, asante samuel rashawn slater yeah. getting to go up against joey bosa in practice preparing for week one uh, it, it's an exciting rookie class too and, and like you said it, it's like it's an experiment we're, we're seeing a lot of these new players coming in and how they're going to mix with the guys that are still here from last year is going to be fascinating see rashawn slater to me was like the biggest gift in this draft 13 overall because i just remember there were there were two general managers in the top 10 who after the draft said we had slater our highest rated highest rated tackle and you know look there's been a lot of tackles taken early in the last couple of drafts okay but uh you know if you look at it last year there's only one of those four tackles, Tristan Wirfs, who really is a legit no-question guy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it's not a lock that Slater is going to be really good, but I take my chances with him uh, because I think that he's got a lot of NFL traits 
You know, Asante Samuel's got a lot of NFL traits, too, and it's not just because of who his dad is. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people love that pick, especially where the Chargers got him. So you're right. I think the Chargers got a couple of really good prospects uh, who, I, I mean, look, if both of those guys play well and bear fruit early, wow, that's a gigantic advantage for them. Talked to Tom Telesco last week about – I remember the, the 2018 class that, that featured Derwin James. They got contributions from that rookie class. Justin Jackson, yeah. Sunday Night Football against Pittsburgh, Uchenna Nwosu, and Justin Jones in the playoffs. So to get contributions from rookies is going to be key. Peter, you're a busy man. I'm going to get you out of here on this. The, the landscape of the AFC West, we know everybody's chasing Kansas City. You were in Vegas uh, to check out the Raiders on your first stop in training camp. Obviously, the Broncos feel pretty good about their roster. Maybe some questions to quarterback. How do you see this division in 2021? And uh, how close is that gap, you think, between what Kansas City has been doing and what the Chargers are trying to do? I mean, if everything goes right for the Chargers, which is a dumb thing to say because nothing is like that in the NFL. Nothing ever goes all right. But there's the occasional team, one or two or three teams a year, that get very few injuries and are able to last the whole year. So if everything goes right, you know, if Herbert continues his development, if Keenan Allen plays 17 games, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing about the the, the Chargers. They will score like Kansas City. Mm. And... And so then it comes down to how's your defense going to play. I think I think the Chargers are going to score. And now it comes down to how quickly they buy into the scheme, you know, the Staley scheme. And, you know, look, I just think it's always you – know, you always got to ask yourself this question. If you could tell me right now that Bosa plays 17 games healthy as a mule – I'm putting a lot of stock in the Chargers to make a run this year. With number 33, with Derwin yeah. at the same time. I mean, time. obviously, you know, we I, I discussed this with, with him, and he goes, listen, fluke, non-contact injuries. You know, it's it, it's it, what's really tough in the NFL, I was talking to Jimmy Garoppolo about this, that, you know, you get this narrative about you because some guy falls into your leg. Yeah, always injury prone. Well, the fact is that Garoppolo has missed 23 out of the last 48 regular season games with injuries. The fact is Derwin James has missed, you know, two years essentially. And he is, if you were to ask me, he is the absolute rock star and influential uh, leader of that defense. And... So you're right. I mean, if those two guys play, it, I mean, if they're healthy, they will play well. Yeah. Okay? They got to play. And so those are the things that you say to yourself, you know, if all these things go right. But like I said, something's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. I just don't know what it is. I don't know when it will happen. Just because every team every year, one or two or three things really bad happen. And you just can't forecast what it is. But if, like I say, if this is a healthy team, this is a team that, in my opinion, could win multiple games in January. 
It's weathering that adversity based on when it comes. Sometimes yeah. it comes in training camp. Sometimes it comes throughout the course of a 17-game season now. So we will see what happens with the Chargers in the AFC West. Peter, <coughs> when you're at camp, it feels like football is getting closer. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Love Thank having you. you in Southern California and look forward to seeing you throughout the season. Thanks. Hey, I look forward to, to it too. I'll, I'll give you one other very quick story that when I saw Derek Carr, uh, I had done a few things with him you know, during the course of his career. And he goes, man, I just want to hug you, you know, (laughs) because he said, I've just been without people for so long. You know, there's, there's been some benefits to zoom, but having the personal connection, doing this with you on zoom versus doing it in person is just different. Yeah. This is better. Yeah. And I hope we get to do more. Yeah, It's fun. Yeah. I'd love to. Hey, listen, thanks. Absolutely. All right. As we roll on here on chargers weekly, Daniel Popper of the athletic joins me and People have asked, who's the fastest person on the field this week? It's not Asante Samuel Jr. It's not Michael Davis. It's not Austin Eckler. It's Daniel Popper going (laughs) up and down the sidelines, checking out kicking competitions, checking out one-on-ones, 11-on-11s. Daniel is on it. What's up, brother? Well, I got to put myself in position. (laughs) You do. do. It's really really born out of frustration because I'm standing there and I have a perfect angle on the 11 on 11. And then someone, somebody that I'm not staring at right now who might be holding a camera on the sideline walks over and stands right in front of me. So then I have to sprint and find the next spot. But I got to bring the people what they want. They want the details. And the only way to find the details is to get moving up and down the sideline. There should be like an all 22 cam on Popper. Oh, my God. During practice. The pop cam? The pop cam. It would be a little embarrassing then I start running, like, and then my binoculars are flying all over the place. <laughs> it's not pretty. Like, I don't look good while I'm doing it. I can guarantee you that. But I get in position and I get the job done. That's what matters. So you're following Peter King on the podcast. You said Peter King follows you on Twitter now? Yeah, like, I was, I was telling this before we got on. If I had told 12-year-old me that Peter King follows me on Twitter, I probably would have, like, melted on the spot. <laughs> it's pretty cool. He was here. He had some. He had some hot takes too. Not hot takes, but he had some some good insight on the Chargers okay. and kind of what this may look like in 2021. Okay. Talking about Jared Cook being yeah. an X factor. Um, yeah. I want to get your like that take. Uh, your, your evaluation of what you've seen over the first seven days of camp. Yeah. So I think let's start defensively. So the one thing that jumps out to you initially is just how multiple this defense is going to be. They can do so many different things. And that includes with their defensive fronts. That includes the linebackers. That includes the secondary. There's just so many moving pieces. They're cross-training a number of guys in a number of different spots, including Derwin James, Chris Harris, and even Mark Webb, Lohi Gilman. All these guys are playing all over the field. And so the whole idea is that you're going to throw a defense out there and the quarterback isn't going to know what's, what's happening. That disguise, that confusion, that's what you're trying to generate, and you're seeing that. They can go with a four-man front. They can go with a five-man front. Chris Harris is playing safety. He's playing the nickel. Derwin James is playing three different positions. So you never know where anyone's going to line up, and that's the whole idea is to create that confusion. So that's encouraging, and I think they have the players to do it. Right now, you know, now that everyone's healthy, you know, the hope with the Chargers is that that continues into the season. Offensively, um, Josh Palmer has jumped out to me. Number five. That's looking like a great pick. I mean, precise route runner, strong hands, the physicality jumps out to you, the polished uh, you know, play style that they were talking about after the draft, that jumps out to you. Um, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert relationship is 
has you know started where it left it blossomed, off. It blossomed last year. It blossomed last year, and, and they haven't year. skipped a beat, man. I mean, yeah. even like two minute drill, big third down, like tens going to thirteen. And I don't think that's any secret, right? Um, but Keenan just has an ability to get open, and they have a great rapport. I think the Justin Herbert Jared Cook relationship is further ahead than I thought it would be. Um, and you know, I always go into the weeds with this stuff, but one thing that's jumped out to me is the second team offensive line has looked really good in run blocking. This is like you know very inside football, but I think it's important because. The depth of this offensive line, I think, is an area of concern on the roster. That starting group is obviously very good and very talented. On paper, has a chance to be an above average to really good unit. Um, but if you have some injuries, you're going to need some some bottom of the depth chart players to come in and play meaningful snaps. And I think it's encouraging to see some of these guys: Scott Quisenberry, right? Yeah. Trey Pipkin, guys Storm Norton, here. Ryan Hunter, Tyree St. Louis. These guys coming in and having some success in the running game. I think that's been a big deal. Still waiting for that. That you know, Mike Williams to show up and make some big plays offensively. He had caught the uh, fade route in the two-minute drill yesterday. I think he's still, you know, in the feeling out process with the new offensive scheme. Um, but those are things that have really jumped out to me so far on both sides of the ball. If we stay on offense, the offensive line. You know, Trey Pipkins is in his third year. Yeah, coming from a small school. Right. So I think there's and didn't have an off season last year too. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone there still. Hundred uh, percent. We'll see what happens throughout the course of this season. Obviously, the, the new look offensive line. Just talking to Matt Filer about you know what makes a good offensive line. The communication, and it right. seems like these guys are communicating. They're always talking, um, and it seems to be gelling quicker than maybe. You normally would when you have four new starters. Right. We'll see. Well, when you go out and you sign arguably the best center in football, that is super glue for your offensive line, right? Like, Corey Lindsley isn't this, you know, physical specimen elite athlete. Like, he's a great center because he is one of the smartest players on any field he's on, right? So when you have a player that's that smart and then you bring in the great athletes like Rashawn Slater, you know, the big guys like Ode Ibushi and Matt Filer, and then you have that guy in the middle who's so, so, so intelligent, that I think that's why you're seeing this group come together. But it's going to be a work in progress, right? Like, um, you know, you got four new starters on the offensive line. You've got a brand-new starter at tight end. You're implementing a new scheme. So I don't think it's uh, – no one should really overreact to the fact that the defense has maybe been a little bit better than the offense. That's usually typical this time of year. Mm-hmm. But you got a lot of new pieces and important spots on offense and the new scheme, which is arguably the most complex scheme in football on top of that. So, um, But, yeah, they're gelling. And uh, I think it's going to be a strength of this team as long as they can stay healthy. Day off on Thursday into the weekend, pads come on, and I think that's where we'll get a maybe a better sense of the the running back competition. Yeah, um, I, I'm so intrigued by it, Daniel, yeah. because when Justin Jackson is healthy, he moves so well. Uh, Joshua Kelly looks like he's running strong to me. Larry Roundtree was obviously drafted here. Darius Bradwell, we know Austin looks Echo's good. 34 looks good. I mean, I, it's going to take. I think three preseason games to kind of see how this shakes out yeah it's going to be fascinating and you know go heading into camp i was like all right i i can't see them keeping more than three but i've gone back and look at looked at some saints 53 mans from previous seasons and they haven't shot away from keeping four running backs not including a fullback so i don't think that's off the table if some of these guys can can you know whether it's larry roundtree whether it's joshua kelly can be or even justin jackson can prove to be reliable special teams guys whether it's, it's on be, a punt yeah, unit that's it then you know that's like the spots 47 to 53 you're looking for your best special teams players it doesn't necessarily matter what position they're at you know and so i think that's going to be something that i'm watching and i think that's going to ultimately settle this but i think i could see all four of those guys making it and justin jackson is such he's such a unique runner 
the yes. vision, the patience, the elusiveness. He, he doesn't really run like any of the other running backs on this roster and frankly not really like a lot of running backs in this league. He almost has like a Le'Veon Bell type smoothness to him, both as a pass catcher and a runner. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see how it shakes out, but I think special teams is going to be a key component in the battle. And as Darius Swinton told us yesterday, you know, they're not going to be able to make real decisions with the special teams units until they get into preseason games and they get, you know, full speed reps on tape. Wide receiver too. I mean, yeah. T. Billy was popping at the beginning of camp. Um, he's been out the last few practices. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Guyton, it seems like he'll be back hopefully shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Palmer, you mentioned him. He's he looks like a me. player, man. Um, Prol, Reed, yeah. KJ Hill. I, I we did this podcast with Tom, and KJ walked by. Tom said, "Hey, KJ, great practice." Today. He had a he good caught, first like, practice. Two or three, yeah. Uh, two or three balls out there. So yeah. that's another competition where I think special teams are going to play a big role and it depends on how many they keep. Exactly, yeah. You know, do they keep five? Do they keep six? Who's the punt returner? You know, it's pretty much the wide, the wide receivers battling for spots that are on punt return. It's Austin Prohl, it's KJ Hill, it's 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 Guyton, it's, you know, that group of guys, Tyron Johnson, that are returning punts. Um, you know, Joe Reed is a, on kick return. He's getting run on kickoff units. He's getting run on punt units. Um, so, you know, I feel like a broken record at this point. But when you're talking about position battles, it's what can you do on offense and how are you performing in these 11-on-11 11 11 reps and in preseason games as a receiver. But also, what are you bringing in terms of special teams? What's your experience like? How committed are you to that part of the ball, to, to learning the scheme, to being a precise player in that area? Um, because, listen, you know, we can talk about all this other stuff that's important for the Chargers, but they won't be a good team this year if their special teams performs like it did last year. It can't be the 32nd best unit in the league. They the get, worst a lot of, unit. They get a lot of work out here. Let's say that. It can't be the, you know, the worst special teams unit that Football Outsiders has ever tracked. Like, it can't be that. You can't be a good team in that area. So this is essential. Essential that they get players on these groups punt, punt return, kickoff, kick return, that can perform, that are committed to that area, that phase of the game. And so that's going to be a key part when I'm making my 53-man roster projection, my final projection. That's going to be a huge part of how I fill out the end of this roster is, okay, who is getting run on special teams and who has shown an aptitude in that area. And kicking. I have not seen Daniel Popper more excited at a training camp practice than when the kicking well, competition yeah, well, I'm a gets kicker. rolled out. It, it, it's career it's long been, of 45 yards. I'll give you the floor, but it's been a strong start for all three guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Badgley missed a couple kicks today, um, but for the most part, I think it's only been four missed kicks the entire uh, training camp so far. It's tough. You know, so much of kicking is mental, and so much of it is dealing with pressure in big moments, and it's hard to replicate, replicate that on it, a practice really field, yeah. you know? So, you know, I tried to ask Darius Swinton about it yesterday, like, hey, like, how much weight are you putting in the practice kicking versus what you're putting in the preseason kicking? And, and the actual preseason games, and he avoided it. But I can tell you right now, like, if you perform well in the preseason game, that's going to elevate your chances because that is a game environment. That's as close as you're going to get to kicking in a regular season game. That's the closest you can possibly get outside of kicking in a regular season game. So I think that those those reps are going to be important. The problem is you can't set it up exactly how you want to. You can't be like, all right, all right, guys, we're going to kick a 45-yarder now <laughs> That's right. With as time expires in the first half. So it's like harder to get the specific things you're looking for in the game. But in terms of how that projects your performance, I think that's much more important than how the practice kicking goes. If you take like the aggregate of, of comments about the defense from the players at the podium, I, I think some of the lines that would stand out, uh, confusing, yeah, complex, yeah, 
excitement. Mm-hmm. Guys are playing different positions. Um, how would you assess what you've seen out of this defense? I, albeit we're a week into camp, I, I can't wait for these preseason games because we, we know I'm sure a lot of the starters won't play, but we'll be able to see this system kind of in motion. Yeah. Uh, two words I keep using to describe the defense. Versatility, multiplicity. That's what it's about. How many different positions can you play? And how many different formations and looks can we show? Those two things are related, but that's that's the crux of it. Because, and, and Brand Staley would tell you this, quarterbacks are too good in this league to come out and show the same thing over and over and over again. Like if a quarterback is setting up at the line of scrimmage and he knows exactly what coverage you're in, he's going to beat it. Mm. And, you know, the good quarterbacks, right? The tier one and tier two quarterbacks in the league, they're going to... They need to be challenged more than that if you want a chance to win. And so that's, that's the entire philosophy of Bransdale's defense is we got to confuse everybody. That includes the Aaron Rodgerses, the Tom Brady's of the world, right? We have to go out there and confuse these guys. And the only way to do it is to have Chris Harris playing three different positions and Derwin James playing three different positions and having a hybrid four-man front, a five-man front. You can take out a, a defensive lineman on nickel. You can take out an inside linebacker. You can take out an edge rusher. It's constantly morphing, constantly changing constantly showing that versatility and multiplicity and that's really what's jumped out to me I think it's not only going to create a better defense the players are more excited to play in it and you're elevating Justin Herbert because he's going up against that defense every day and seeing some of the toughest looks that you can throw at an opposing quarterback Drew Trank was at the podium on Wednesday Kenneth Murray last week a guy that we didn't talk about frankly a lot during the offseason that's had a pretty good camp is number 44 Kaiser White. Yeah. And and that's the that's the guy. I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl. He's flying. Uh he was a safety at mm-hmm. West Virginia. So you talk about positional versatility, having a guy like that out there that can confuse the defense and make plays really all over the field is another added bonus for the state. Right. I, I think he brings an element of speed and he's always brought that. Even in Gus Bradley's defense, People forget, he forget Daniel, he started the first two games of his rookie season before he got hurt. Like he yeah. he, he had that impressive of a rookie camp yeah. to show himself you know into the starting lineup and you know he he's had some injury issues but I believe he played all 16 games last year. Yeah and and you know so he brings that speed element right which we've seen when he's been on the field the ability to tackle sideline to sideline to track down run, running backs that's what you want out of a linebacker but he brings that coverage element too and just that spatial awareness that comes with having played safety and having that type of background. So he's like that perfect you know, modern NFL defender. And, and Brandon said this the other day, you know, he's got, he, he moves like a safety, but he hits like a linebacker. And so many teams are looking for that type of player. Um, the issue with Kaiser is he hasn't been able to stay on the field and he hasn't really been able to reach his full potential just because he's always had nagging injuries, even when he has been playing. Um, but this, in this defense, he is flying, man, like pass breakups. He had a pick six. Um, he looks really comfortable and it looks like they're really elevating his skill set. You know, that linebacker safety hybrid skill set, I think is going to be a really interesting piece in this defense to use in situational uh, areas because it seems like Drew and Kenneth, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray are sort of locked in at the inside linebacker spot, but bringing Kaiser in in certain situations when you want a little more speed, yeah. a little more coverage ability on the field, I think is really, really intriguing for this defense. Chargers have a day off on Thursday. Sounds like Friday, Saturday, Sunday in pads. pads. Uh, what are you looking for? What should fans be looking for if they come out to Jack Hammett Sports Complex on Friday and Saturday and then SoFi Stadium on Sunday? Yeah, the thing the, th- the thing I'm always looking for when pads come on is offensive line, defensive line, one-on-ones. Because that's really when you get to you know evaluate, okay, where are these offensive linemen? And not just the starting guys. Like I talked about, you know, offensive line depth is something that I'm going to be watching. So watching the twos go up against the twos as well. Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton, those guys. Um, but continue to see Slater too. Right. I mean... That was the highlight of camp for me so far was seeing Rashawn Slater go up 
one-on-one against Joey Bosa and just dominating him. I've never seen Joey manhandled like that pretty much ever, but certainly not in a Chargers training camp practice. So, And, and Joey's bested Rashawn Slater on a number of occasions, 2-11 on 11. So I don't want to say like Rashawn's been dominating him all the time, but that specific rep was really impressive. Um, so that's what I'll be watching is you really, once the pads come on, you can start evaluating D-line and O-line and figuring out, okay, what does this running game really look like? Because, you know, the whistle blows, you know, when the running back basically gets touched, there's no tackling. You're not seeing yeah. these guys. How, who's powerful? Who can break tackles? That's what you're going to start to see when pads come on. So I think you can really get a better evaluation of the O-line, D-line, and you can get a better evaluation of the running backs once the pads come on. So that's what I'll be watching. Get out here Friday, Saturday. Get to SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a fun weekend because, like you said, the Pats come on, and we're going to start to slowly gear up for that first preseason game yeah. against the Rams. It's going to be here before you know it. Um, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Peter King and Daniel Popper for joining me. Be sure same to download. Sentence. Yeah, same sentence. <laughs> the twelve-year-old Daniel Popper could not believe that that would happen, but it happened today. Uh, be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on Chargers.com and full video episodes on our YouTube page. Check that out as well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you out here. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayward.